Are you looking for the spot to kick back, relax, and talk all things Southern Miss? Well, you're in the right place. No need for the calculator here, Poindexter. We're average Joes who are passionate fans. This is for Southern Miss fans by Southern Miss fans. Welcome to the Everyday Eagles Podcast. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Everyday Eagles Podcast, where we continue to talk to some Southern Miss greats and where are they now. Tonight's episode is going to be really special, so kick back, relax, and get ready for some fun stories. But first, I want to introduce that lovable co-host of mine, Mr. Lane Brady. What's up, Lane? Hey, Chuck. What's happening, man? Ah, man. You know, it's hot outside still, but I, I kind of feel a little football in the air. You know, it's you just do. a couple of weeks away. Yeah, man. It rained on us yesterday at practice, and it was the greatest feeling ever. The temperature dropped like 20 it, it, degrees, and it, it was one of the good. most – yeah. I mean, it just kind of – it rejuvenated the kids, at, at, you know, at where yeah. I'm coaching. We had a good time. So. When is uh, when is Taylor's Will's first game? Uh, the 19th, we got a jamboree, and then the next week's week jamboree. one. jamboree. I missed the jamboree. Yeah, man. It'll be fun. We we got a little fun season coming up. Nice. I'm so, excited for you. We're yeah. gonna we're gonna come watch a game and see uh see how good of an offensive coordinator you really are. Yeah. There you <laughs> go. No pressure or anything. No pressure. Yeah. Uh well hey man, we got a two for one special tonight. We got a Southern Miss power couple. Um we got uh former football uh player Mr. Alex Michael and a former Southern Miss softball player, his beautiful wife. Miss Courtney Ramos Michael. So what's up, y'all? Hey man, how you doing? Hey, how are you guys? Hey, hey, how are, how's the weather in California right now? It's hot. It's hot. Yeah, it's hot in Mississippi too. It's the same every single day. No <laughs> rain, no night. It's just hot. <laughs> it's just hot. <laughs> Well, it's good to have you guys on the show, man. I'm excited. I think, is this our first episode with two guests at once, Chuck? Well, no, we had Billy and... Um, we did. We yeah, did that yeah. one time. Yeah. It's our first Where Are They Now with two guests. It so is. That'll be fun, man. That's awesome. And yeah, it's our thanks, first thank you guys for having, having a song. Oh, man. yeah. It's going to be We're fun. fun. Well, uh, we'll go ahead and start with the, the, the generic questions. And, um, Courtney, I'll ask you first. Um, why Southern Miss? Um, why Southern Miss? Well, when I came on my visit, it just felt like home. It felt like it was the place that I was supposed to be. Um, it was a major culture shock moving from California to Mississippi, but it just felt right. It felt like this was where I needed to spend my time the next, well, four years, but I spent an extra two, so six. Um, and it, it just felt like home. There really was, I was ready to sign my letter of intent before I left. It just felt like it was where I was supposed to be. Now, who recruited you? Was it, Dob- it wasn't Dobson, was it? No, uh, Melissa Inouye did. She was the pitching oh. coach when I first got there. Um, and she actually came out and watched me play um, at high school. <clears throat> and then awesome. I came out for my mi- visit, and that's when I met Dobson. Awesome. I'm curious awesome. about the recruiting side of this, Courtney. How did they find you in California? Like, How did that that's a long way to go um, to find a softball player. How'd they find you? <laughs> well, 
I would say back when I was kind of getting recruited, California is one of the bigger states for softball players. And there's a lot of major tournaments out in California that all kinds of coaches come out to all colleges come out and check them out as well. Um, I also had um, a recruiting service to kind of help get me recruited as well. So any school that I was eligible for based off of my GPA and my SATs, it pushed out all my information. And that's kind of how they got a hold of me. So they saw my information and they saw a highlight reel. And then they came out to watch me play. And then I came for a visit. Oh, that's cool. Those awesome. are like showcase tournaments and stuff, huh? Yes, exactly. Yes, they're showcases. Um, there's a lot of big ones down in L.A. all the time. Cool. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was down in L.A. when I was in high school almost every other weekend playing. So. I was going to say, I think for a while, Southern Miss only recruited like Arizona, uh, California players, seemed like Washington. Yes, I think at one point in time, we had like five, five or seven, I want to say, something like that. Um, I know one, two, three, four. Yeah, like we had like four or five, maybe, um, California kids. And we had one from Washington for sure. We had a lot of West Coast kids. A lot of West Coast. Awesome. Well, Alex, same question, man. Uh, why Southern Miss? Well, me, I, I'm a Mississippi kid. You know, I always had a tremendous pride and wanted to play and represent my state. Uh, when I was coming out of high school, um, I got recruited by Ole Miss and Mississippi State also. But at that time when I was coming out, they were absolutely horrible. I mean, horrible. Southern Miss always had a rich football tradition. Um, and they were definitely in my top three. And then I got injured going into my senior year. So I broke my ankle the first day of uh, tra- first day of uh, camp. And I remember Coach Bauer called me when I was headed to the hospital. And he was like, no matter how it plays out, um, Southern Miss is going to um, be an option for you. And that just went a long way with me, you know, because I was real. At that moment, I was, I was so devastated, you know, that I knew. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew how bad the injury was even before I got to the hospital. And uh, by him calling me, reaching out like that quickly, you know, it was like, um, you know, it made me just, I really believed in him and I believed in that coaching staff and it made me want to go ahead and uh, commit to go to Southern Miss. So That's awesome, man. And uh, we're glad you didn't choose those schools up north. We won't mention them by name. <laughs> How but, awesome uh, is it? You got a chance, we got a chance to throw a little jab at them too tonight. I right. love it, Alex. Fire me up. Son. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, man. It's, it's no secret, man. They were trash, man. Like, yeah. I mean, it is what it is, man. Like, they were horrible, like, for sure. Yeah. Like, they were, they were horrible. Like, <laughs> what, high, what high school would you go to, Alex? Uh, Southeast Lauderdale. Oh, okay, cool. Okay, okay. That's awesome, man. We are definitely glad you chose the black and gold for sure. Um, Likewise. Well, Alex, since we're talking to you, we'll let you go with this next question. Um, Favorite all-time Southern Miss moment? It can be when you were playing. It can be as a student. It can be as a fan. Whatever, man. Uh, I have two. So I take it back because I – like I was a Southern Southern Miss fan like before I even got there. So I remember when they beat TCU. When TCU was nationally ranked, that was like a big time. LaDalian Thompson was there. I remember that like it was yesterday. And then um, I say for me personally, I think it was uh, when we went we went down to Central Florida when they were ranked at the time. I, think, I can't remember if they were undefeated or if they had one loss. I can't remember. But I think they were ranked like 23 in the nation, and we put a whooping on them at home. And, nice. they were, and they were quiet as a, they were quiet as church mics <laughs> when we got out of there, man. I mean, they were quiet, man. And that was, that was, that was, that was a good memory for me. Weren't they like nine and one? I think, and and that's what I'm saying. I can't remember. I, I can't remember if they were undefeated or if they only had one loss. But they were like they were chugging pretty good. I mean, they looked. 
I mean, going into that week, I remember on film they looked. I mean, they looked crazy good. And they were. They had a defensive end who was like supposed to be a first yes. round draft pick. Yes, they did. Uh, he ended up going to the San Francisco 49ers. Um, yeah. Played fullback for him. Yes, yes sir. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure that was did. a big one. We screened them all day. I remember I was over there. I was over there on yep. the sideline. I remember watching, just seeing. We threw. I felt like we threw probably twenty screens in the first half, just make him run all night. Right, and then another another moment too, if you don't mind me saying one more. Um, yeah. It was that that next weekend because that was that was the incident when uh, when they had the shooting with Martez and Tim mm-hmm. and DJ, and then that next week playing Houston for Senior Night, man, that was the emotions of that game when Martez when they rolled them out. You know, it was man, that that was crazy, man. I had goosebumps that whole night. I bet. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, the energy man. in the stadium was crazy. We had the all black on, so you know it was. Yeah, it was like that for sure. You know, this one, and I can't remember. I love when we wear the all black, and we played mm-hmm. uh, UTEP, UTEP one mm-hmm. year on on Halloween, and we wore black and they wore orange, and it was mm-hmm. the Halloween game, and it was so much fun. I wish we would do stuff like that again. Right. Yeah. yeah all right, Court. Same question. Oh, man. Favorite Southern Miss moment. I have to say, I would say maybe not my favorite, but my most memorable one was when we beat Florida State. And they were nationally ranked down in Florida when we were there at that tournament. That year, we at that tournament, we actually went 4-0. And it was like a really good tournament for the team all the way around. And that whole month of February, we were undefeated. Um, so I'd have to say that whole month of February, my sophomore year, and beating Florida State. We put a hurting on the state of Florida, didn't we? <laughs> you did. Yeah. You yes, did. indeed. Yes, you did. <laughs> All right. So All right, lady, here my here's the next two questions. We'd like to ask our guests this. What was y'all's major? So let's start with Courtney here. What was your major? Um, my undergrad was business management and my grad my graduate degree was sports management. Okay, cool. I was a I was a sports management major for about a a year. I don't know. We probably didn't have classes together yet, but uh, yeah, All right. that, that's really cool. Uh, Alex, what was yours? My major was exercise science. Boy, you you stayed the course, huh? <laughs> stayed the course. I did, man. You yeah. Know, yeah, originally I wanted to be a strength and conditioning coach. That was my whole angle. Like I wanted to, I wanted to coach, but I didn't necessarily want to be a school teacher. Uh, but I ended up getting my teaching. Um, I passed the practice for physical education, too. I figured I knew enough to go in. I just went in and took the test just so I could get a teaching job if I needed to. Yeah. So I got my – yeah, I got my – I passed the um, physical education practice as well. Cool. So. And now tell us what you guys are up awesome. to. Where y'all up to now? Uh, well, we own – we have a family-owned gym out here in Turlock, California, uh, Venture Fitness. Um, I'm a full-time personal trainer, in, in-person in trainer, as well as online personal trainer and nutritionist as well. Um, Courtney, well, Courtney, you can tell them what you're up to now. <laughs> well, I, I'm not fully employed at the gym. I do train here and there, um, but specifically, I help Alex. Um, I'm Alex's little mini coach <laughs> when he's not around his actual bodybuilding coach. So I kind of take care of him, and then I run all of the, like, back office stuff, kind of more in the management side. Um, That's what I do for the gym. 
So you stay true sports. to your course too. I mean, sports management. sports management degree. I did. I did. And Andy, you stay true to yeah. it too. I did. Very cool. Man, you guys were like the perfect duo to start up a gym. That's awesome. <laughs> so, uh, and Alex, you're doing, aren't you in bodybuilding competitions yes, or something sir. now? Yes, sir. I am a competitive bodybuilder currently. Yes, sir. Very cool. Very cool. Southern Miss, or listeners, check out photos. I'm going to give them permission to stalk you, Alex. Oh, yeah, I hope go you're for okay. it. yeah, go for it. Go for check it. Check out Alex's page and see his picture and just know that was a college offensive lineman at one point absolutely it's amazing yeah. so all right well we got some listener questions for you uh i'm gonna go first on these we got a few from tyler jackson he uh he's a regular listener he sends in some good questions uh tyler asked well obviously you guys are in a unique situation where y'all been around uh high level football and high level softball he wants to know of football and softball players, who is the most superstitious? Um, I would have to say I would have to say it had to be softball because I'm not, I wasn't superstitious <laughs> at all. I would agree it has to be softball because there's a lot of things that you don't do. You don't step on the chalk lines. That was my <laughs> biggest thing. Like you don't step on the chalk lines. Like you can't step on the chalk lines. Like if you're walking onto the field, no, you have to step over it. And I even stepped over like the circle line as well. Like you can't step on that either. Um, so I would definitely <laughs> say softball players are because, like, you got the whole it's not superstitious, but it's more of like a routine. But sometimes it can be superstitious, like the the way you step on the mound or the way you get into the box to hit, like, that's all superstitious. How you get dressed, how you put your stuff on. Oh, yeah, there's yeah, it's definitely softball. So, did you did you have like a routine you did every time at the plate, something <laughs> different than everybody else? Um, so I didn't hit. Um, I was just a pitcher, but yeah, I did okay. my, my whole present approach to the mound was completely different from everybody else's. And I always made sure not to touch the, um, the chalk lines. That was my biggest thing. I couldn't touch the chalk lines. There you go. And Alex, you had zero superstitions, huh? None whatsoever. <laughs> Literally, slap not. the helmet on, slap hey. some hats on. Let's go back hey. around. Yeah, that was it, man. Like, I, yeah, I, <laughs> and you know, it's crazy because when I saw that, I was like, man, I was thinking, I was like, man, I don't feel like I did anything the same before any game. Like, literally, it just depends on depends on what's going on on day. the mood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally, <laughs> the mu- the music selection wasn't the same. Like, what I ate wasn't the same. Like, nothing wasn't the same. You know, I might put my socks on first. I might put my pants on first. Who knows? It just depends on what I'm feeling. Like. <laughs> <laughs> all right well alex this one he directed to you right here he asked what was the afl experience like and could you compare it to i guess the the normal division one football experience that you had man i tell you what it's so it's such a fast-paced game like it's such a fast-paced game like when i tell you like everything like everything that would be like a five-step drop in the outdoor game is like a one-step or three-step drop in the inside indoor and, like, with the receivers going with, like, the wacky motions that they do, where they can be in motion going toward the line of scrimmage, like, uh, like when you as soon as you snap the ball, like, it's like the guys are on you, like, right now. Like, on the line that they have, like, it's three linemen, three offensive linemen and a fullback, which is just a, basically a glorified guard. I play some center and I play some guard, uh, some fullback as well. The guards are more like tackles. So, it's like you have, like, like three deep down defensive linemen and one Mac linebacker, like, and it's, like, straight, like, straight head hunting, man. It's like coming downhill straight, like trying to knock your block off. 
Like, I mean, it's the it's the fastest, craziest game ever. Like, you don't have time to take any pass sets or anything like that. It's just literally like you snap the ball and go. And then that wall is so unforgiving, man. It's like playing on it's like playing on a cement floor with like a piece of carpet on top, and you running into a wall. Like, I mean, it's crazy. You know, I've always kind of wondered how much padding's on that wall. I've never been to a game live or seen the wall in person. I've seen it on TV. I've always wondered. Uh-huh. It, it hurts, huh? Man, it hurts. It's yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it's just like it's always it's almost like it's equivalent to the padding that's on like a goalpost. Oh wow! Yeah, that's not much. Yeah, yeah. What not is the much, Kurt? Not much at all. What is the Kurt Warner movie that just came out not yeah, too long ago? Underdog, American Underdog. Yeah. Underdog. He he was at the AFL, right? And they, that was yes. like a big thing. Him taking that one step drop versus a five step drop back. Right. Yeah. yeah, he's legendary, man. We played against our team. Played against um, the Born Stormers, and he got he got banners all in their Raptors up there. Oh crazy. wow. Awesome. How how tough was it to get the snap timing down with all those motions? Man, it's, you know, honestly, to, as a center, it's easy because we still go on the cadence of the quarterback. It's a harder transition for the quarterback because he has to look at the guys in motion, and when they get to the line of scrimmage, he has to call the cadence to snap it. So it's not really on the center, you know what I mean? I'm still going on the voice of the quarterback. Right. So it's, 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 actually, it's actually the same to me. It was, the difference was being like, uh, coming from a spread offense, snapping shotgun, going to a under under center, uh, and then going into a pass set from under center. Right. So that was the biggest. That was the biggest transition for me. Because even though at Southern Miss, like I practiced some center, and I'd never actually played center in the game. I always played guard. And then being there, I played center mo- the majority of the time that I played. So it was yeah, it was, that was different. Okay. And Courtney Tyler asked this question for you: Were there any other sports you were passionate about had softball not worked out for you? Um, basketball. I'm a little too short, but I I really did enjoy basketball. Um, I think if I wouldn't have done softball because softball was year round all the time for me, um, I probably would have stuck with volleyball a little bit more. I really enjoyed that. But as I got into high school, I decided that I wasn't going to do volleyball because we played fall softball for a travel team, and that's what I wanted to focus on. Um, but I, basketball was definitely more of a second passion. Um, I just really enjoyed the game. I enjoyed just – I don't know. It was just – that was something that I really enjoyed playing other than softball. But softball was definitely what I was good at, and I loved a lot more. But if it hadn't been for softball, it definitely would have been basketball. Right. And you said you were a pitcher, uh, a pitcher only in college. Did you hit in high school too? Or, or were you a pitcher only I in did high school? Hit, I did hit in high school. Um, I wasn't a great hitter. Um, in my era when we were coming up, it was still kind of the philosophy of protect the pitcher. So I only pitched like when I played travel ball and stuff like that in high school, just because we were a smaller high school and we didn't have as many kids. I, I did have to bat. And I mean, I did well, I wasn't amazing, but I did. Okay. Um, but I, yeah, um, I was just mainly a pitcher. The whole point of the pitcher was you put them in their circle and that's all that they did. And you protected them as much as possible. Right. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. How big is volleyball? I'm going off script here a little bit, but I'm curious. How big is volleyball out in uh, California? I know it's kind of having a surge um, here in Mississippi. 
You know, I really don't know. Um, the town that we're in in Turlock, there's two high schools, and um, they're actually very good. I do know that. Um, they're very competitive and stuff like that. There's a lot of travel teams around here locally, and knowing that there's a lot of travel teams around here locally that are pretty prestigious, um, I would say that it's it's um, it's pretty developed out here, and I would think that it you know it has a pretty big significance because. Um, there's not very many travel teams that are prestigious as far as like softball that are around here. You got to go like Bay area or down in LA for the bigger names and stuff like that. So I would say it's, it's pretty developed out here. Um, and I think there is quite a surge for it, but I think it's been here for a while. Right. Very cool. And then he asked this for both of you guys. Uh, and this is kind of, it's still a little thunder away from a question I had later, but I'm going to kind of reword mine a little bit. Um, he asked, what's the most rewarding and challenging part about training people? Um, for me, I, I like seeing people progress. You know, I'm at the point now in my career, like, um, I like, I like training beginners. I like people who, you know, who don't think they can actually do it and getting them to actually believe in themselves and getting them to, you know, step outside of their comfort zone and, and, you know, do things that they didn't think they could do and seeing the small milestones, you know, I, I equate it to like, you know, taking a kid like through school, through the steps of school, you know, you start them in kindergarten, you know, and go through, you know, for teach them how to write, teach them how to read, teach them how to count, stuff like that. And then once they get, when they're doing algebra and they're doing the more advanced lifts and doing this, this and that, you know, it's like really rewarding to see them be able to do things that they never thought they, they could do. Very cool. So, yeah. And, and the challenging thing to me, the most challenging thing to me is just getting people to actually like, to take that step like once i get people started like I, I i truly believe in myself as being like a teacher and being able to lead people you know to reach their goals but the hard the most challenging thing is to get them started because a lot of people what i experience like people will reach out to me and be like hey i need to make a change hey i want to do this and then they'll send me these same messages for like three to six months before they actually come into the gym you know what i mean and then when they come in they're like man i should have started when i first messaged you it's like yeah but you know, everybody has to come in their own time. You know, it's just like everything else. Like, if you come because, you know, so-and-so wants me to come or just because I think this is what I'm supposed to be doing, if I'm not into it 100%, you're not going to stick with it. So, like I tell them, I'd rather you come when you're fully into it mentally and physically, then you get the best results out of it. How big is the surge in January? Well, you know... It, you know, <laughs> it's a big surge in January, but I would argue that it's a larger surge during the summertime. Because in January, like, you have the newcomers, but the way our gym is set up, it's not like a, a, a commercial gym to where, like, people just come for a general membership. Like, when you're paying the prices that we charge for, like, personal training, like, you get a more serious clientele. So the people who just want to join a gym just to say they're part of a gym, like, we don't really get that crowd. We get the like, okay, summer's coming, okay, spring's coming. I need to make this uh, this three month transformation. You know what I mean? So we get a little bit more of that. So we get the more serious crowd. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I, California was a little bit more strict on their their lockdowns and stuff during COVID. How did y'all fare through all that? Man, it was a struggle to be honest. We had to get creative. Yeah. You know, I had um, I had a couple. I had to transition a couple things to outdoor training. We had to cut down the, the number of members that we allowed in the gym at one time to kind of space it out. Thankfully, we have a large enough facility to where we have a front and a back area, so we have like a certain amount of people in the back, certain amount of people in the front, certain amount of people in the back alleyway. You know, trying to make it work just to like 
you know, following the rules and regulations that they had set forth with COVID. So, yeah, yeah man, thank thank God, man, we were able to float because a lot of people didn't make it through. That's sure. That's true, man. Very true. And Tyler made a comment here. He he said it's a funny comment, but it does kind of bring a question to my mind. He said, for training people like me, the hardest part's keeping me in the gym and out of the nachos. Uh, but I mean, it kind of, it, it did kind of spark this thought in my head. You know, you mentioned already, you get some pretty serious clientele whenever they're paying the prices that, you know, it costs to get a personal trainer with you guys. Um, how difficult is it to get them to maximize their results when you can't like go, you can't go home with them and clean out their fridge. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're still going to leave and eat, you know, nutrition's a big part of that too what do you guys do to but you know for me because to help with that for me um because like to me i'm more passionate about the nutrition side of it than the actual training side of it. like training is fun i love being in the gym but eventually i'm trying to transition to be doing maybe like 50 50 to where like i'm just training in the morning and then i'm doing like more nutrition consults like in the evening like i feel like yeah the, the main the thing is to me, like when I get a person who just starts, like say a person that has no experience following the meal plan, no experience with healthy eating, like even understanding like how to eat healthy. Uh, what I do, I start off, I have them log their food for like three days, right? So say like, say if for three days you ate like five cheeseburgers, just for reference, let's say you ate five cheeseburgers, you went to Taco Bell two or three times, yeah. this isn't that, right? So what I do for your initial baseline diet, I take what you normally eat. And just maybe like cut the portions down slightly or just make small substitutions so where it's like a smoother transition over to eat healthy. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like the mistake mm-hmm. most people make is like, okay, I'm used to eating nachos. I'm used to eating lethals. I'm used to eating this. Now I'm trying to eat salads and chicken all day. That's not going to work. You're not going to be successful like that. So now instead of three cheeseburgers, if you just eat one, is instead of five slices of pizza, if you eat two, you know what I mean? You're going to start with the work that we're doing in the gym and those small changes in your in your food, you're going to start seeing changes. And once you start seeing changes, mentally it's going to spark something, and that's going to make you want to change a little bit more. And then we can, like, slowly transition you into a more a more, a more health, all-around healthy diet. You see what I'm saying? So it's all, about, mm-hmm. it's all about making small changes and then transitioning instead of trying to make this big, cold turkey jump. You know, I, I believe in, like, setting people up for success. I feel like that's in my experience of doing this, I feel like that's been more successful for me and my clients to give them something that they can actually follow. Because who can't follow, like, okay, I'm used to going to McDonald's, so I'm still going, but instead of two Big Macs, I'm just getting one today. You know what I mean? And then, with the, with the, because, and then once you go back to eating those two or three, and then you come work out with me and I have you puking everywhere, you're not going to want to feel that next time you come back. You see what I'm saying? So that's, so that's going to make you kind of tighten up just a little bit. So. That's what I do. We make small changes and then try to like, you know, turn it into a lifestyle, something that they can follow. Because everybody, and that's what I try to tell people, like, I'm very well-rounded. Like, we, we all are. We're, everybody in our gym, the trainers, we have five different trainers in our gym. So, and we're all well-rounded. Like, everybody doesn't have to be as serious as I am as far as, like, being a competitive uh, bodybuilder. And this is just where my diet has to be spot on at all times. You know, like, we have the lifestyle client that just want to feel a little bit. We have the person that was maybe three, 400 pounds that just lost like 100 pounds. You know what I mean? We have everything in between. We train athletes. We train competitors. We train everything in between. So, you know, whatever lifestyle you lead, we feel confident that we can help you get there, you know, no matter what the eating regimen has to consist of. Good deal. And now Chuck has some other listener questions he's going to ask you guys. 
I do, and I, I think that y'all may know this next person a little bit. Uh, these come from uh, Danny Link, or Danny Ramus Link, rather. Um, and it's to both of you, and it says, it's kind of a two-part. It says, if you could give your college athlete self some advice, what would it be? And flip that to, if you could give athletes today um, something you wish you knew, what would you tell them? Gordon? Um athletes that I would tell them today um my biggest advice is being I don't know exactly how I want to word this it takes a lot of sacrifice to be a college athlete to get to that point and to continue on after if you can so I think the biggest thing is really you know digging deep within yourself and realizing do you want to make that sacrifice because you know, I played in high school and I played travel and it was a lot, but it was nothing compared to when I got to college. You know, the, the season's a lot longer. You're constantly practicing, you know, and there's a lot that you have to give up in order to be great at what you want to do and what you love. So make sure you're at a point that you're willing to sacrifice some of the things that you may not want to give up because it is going to take a lot of work and um, it will be hard at times, but it's definitely worth the reward. What I would tell myself as an athlete, um, I think I would tell myself to know that who I am as an athlete and know that I can have the confidence and that I am great and to just continue to persevere. I think that's something that I learned a lot through sports, but I don't think at when I was in college, I realized how much I could handle things and get through things and just continue to work through them. And I wish I would have realized that a little bit more when I was in college, because I think it would have helped me through some of those more difficult times. Nice. Nice. Alex, what about you? Man, I think for me, like I would tell kids now, and my answer is the same for me and for kids that I would tell now. My thing is enjoy the moment. You know, you only get a small window to be able to do these things, you know, and and, you know, now that we look back and we look at these memories and stuff like that, man, it's, it's a blessing to be in these positions to be able to play, you know, Division One sports, you know, or sports after high school at any level, because not everybody gets the opportunity to do it. And I feel like everyone gets caught, caught up in what's next. Like everybody wants to go to the NFL or what job am I going to have or whatever I'm going to do as a career, this, this and that. You know, and if we don't sit back and actually enjoy the moment that we're in, you know, because those moments you can't get back. Mm -hmm. So I think I would tell tell everybody to like just enjoy the moment, like take care, soak it in, take care, take it for everything it's worth, and just enjoy it. Absolutely, man. That's a that's a great word from both of y'all. Uh, John Hoskins asks, "How is Smiley doing?" And he says <laughs> he misses y'all. <laughs> So Smiley is our daughter, Riley. Um, she used to swim and John was her coach. She's doing great. Um, she just started um, high school at Pittman. She's what? a freshman this year. Yep. Shut up. <laughs> no. <laughs> she, oh my God. Um, yeah. She just turned 15 in March. Um, yeah. <laughs> so she, um, she's about their first day of school is actually tomorrow. So she's embarking on that journey. She just made the freshman volleyball team. So she's really excited about that. Um, but she just, she keeps herself very busy. She's into a lot of different things. So, but she's doing really good. She is. Nice. Nice. Cannot believe she's 15. No, right. <laughs> she's 15. Y'all are getting old. No, we are. We are. <laughs> I'm staying the same age. I don't know what's happening to y'all. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lane. I think Lane's got some questions for you, so I'm going to let him go first. 
Yeah. All right. So my question, um, this is for, well, whichever one of y'all wants to tell the story here, how did you two meet? Okay. So I'm supposed to tell the story. (laughs) Okay. Um, so Alex actually saw me in the weight room. Um, I did not see him. I, I'm not an observant person. I'm to the task I got to get when I'm like have to do done. So I don't really pay attention to what's going on around me. So I never saw him. Um, so he saw me and he messaged me and we met up after a team meeting right before one of my night classes. And we were just kind of talking. And then I went to class and after class, got out I asked him what he was doing and we went and met at a park and we just kind of sat there and talked for a while and the rest is kind of history <laughs> oh wow okay very yeah. cool alright and here's my next one uh, so you you were both the this, y'all's pairing is just so interesting to me because you were both division one athletes you know at a, at a good program for both the sports you played Obviously, we've talked before on this show about the time demands for that. How did you guys find time to foster a relationship with each other? I mean, I, I would find it hard as a Division One athlete to find time to foster a relationship with someone who is not another athlete. Y'all had both sports schedules competing. How were you guys able to fi- find time for that? Uh, you know, it actually worked. It actually worked out perfectly because, like, our seasons didn't match up. You know what I mean? When I was in season, she was off season and vice versa. So it was like when I was in season, like she was kind of like had a little extra time to, you know, be there for me and come to my games and kind of hang out, this, this and that. And when I was out of season, I could do do the same for her. You know, and then it was kind of to me, like it made sense because like she understood as opposed to like, you know, a typical student athlete that has all this. I'm not going to say all of them have free free time because, you know, some of them have jobs and this, this and that, but. The ones that, you know, have extra time to hang out and do this, extra time to do that. Like, no, she understood. Like, no, we got study hall. No, we got team meetings. No, we got film. Like, you know, because they have similar things when they're in season. So it's like you didn't have to worry about the whole, like, you know, jealousy aspect of, you know, you're spending too much time with your sport and this, this, and that. Because she understood that we were walking this kind of the same line. Did y'all, did y'all ever get nervous when you knew the other was there watching? Um. I got ex- I got excited to be honest. I always got excited. Yeah. Like I always tried to spot her out in the crowd before I ran out onto the field. Like during warm ups, I tried to see where she was at, and then <laughs> yeah. I I would blow her a kiss, and then after that I rock. I was rocking and rolling after that. So, hey, there this is a, this Four is an American athlete love story, Sonny. <laughs> Found her up in the stands and blew <laughs> right. her a kiss. That's <laughs> perfect. That's movie stuff. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't nervous I was always excited to see him at the games he was a total trooper because being a pitcher I don't always play and he would always sit out there and watch so he was a total trooper for that and they were long weekends because we play you know three game series so you got doubleheader on Saturday and one game on Sunday and he was out there all the time but I yeah I don't think I ever got nervous with him being there I was more excited for him to be there Alex were you able to recruit teammates to go with you Pack up the stands nah, a little nah, bit with your teammate. Man, every now and then they did, but you know, most of the time I was just hanging out. You know, the thing that's funny is like I had never actually seen fast pitch softball until her and I started dating. Like never in my life. Oh, like wow. I never went to a high school softball game. Like I never, like I never witnessed like softball at all. 
So I was. It's so actually really fun to watch, dude. It's so cool. Like I was so fascinated, and to this day, like when the College World Series comes on, she'll ask you. She she can tell you when she's at work. I'm watching the games, tell, keeping up on the score, telling them what's going on. Like I got it up on my computer, and I'm at work training people That's watching awesome. the softball. I mean, it's really fascinating to me. And I'm not a baseball fan at all. Like nothing against baseball. I got plenty of friends that play baseball, yeah. but I've just never been into baseball. But when I watched softball the first time, I've been into it like ever since. Mm-hmm. Oh so, yeah, they uh, it's it's just a faster paced game. It is. Like I'm a yes, I'm a diehard baseball fan, but. You know, uh, those those softball games, man, they're just so fast-paced. Yes, it's they fun are. to watch. Yes, they are. How nervous were you when she was on the mound, Alex? Um, were you, like, nervous? I, I was, actually. Like, I would get more nervous for her. You know, I figured this out, especially <laughs> since we've had kids and my oldest son's playing football. Like, I'm more nervous for other people than I ever have been for myself. Like, I never got nervous before games. I never got nervous for anything. When she was, that, when she was playing against Florida State, Man, I had because they didn't have it on TV, so I had the game tracker on. I remember I was in study hall, like checking on the computer, looking at the game tracker, going back and forth. You know, I had then I left mm-hmm. and I was looking on the computer trying to see what's going on. Even when it went final, I was like, "Oh man, like she actually won!" Like not that I didn't think she could, but it was just like you know how it is. You go play some of these schools and you don't think like you know. And I was just like, "Whoa!" You know, so it was it was such a big. I, yeah, I got nervous for her for sure. Yeah. Good deal. And do you ever have to, uh, Courtney? Do you ever have to close your eyes whenever you saw him up against some big dudes coming off the ball, hitting him and stuff? No, I no, not really. I was excited about it. I remember when they played South Carolina, and he was going up against whoever it was. I don't know who it was, but it was some big deal. He was a big time player. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and that was so much. I wish I would have actually been at the game. But that was so much fun to, like, watch. And what I enjoyed the most about, you know, being with Alex and, like, learning about football, I never really watched the line. And now I, like, love the line. Like, (laughs) the line isn't good. I mean, it just ain't happening. Like, people need to appreciate the line because it's Mm -hmm. serious. And I love watching it. And I've learned so much from him. But I was honestly a big football fan before I even met him. So going to the games was really exciting for me because I really enjoyed watching football, but I got to appreciate it and understand it on a whole bigger spectrum because he's got the IQ of football. Uh, yeah, it's ridiculous. So I got to learn even more, and that made me just enjoy watching him and like being excited for him. So, yeah, I, I never really closed my eyes. I, I knew he could handle himself. Good deal. Yeah, offensive lineman, that's – that's been my baby whenever I coach football. I played it, and I love, you know, I was oh, yeah. O-lineman in high school, and I've coached it and stuff. I love offensive line stuff. Oh, yeah, man. That's the, that's the backbone of your team, man. And I'm not just saying that because I play O-line. That's mm-hmm. like, if you have a nasty O-line that can get after it, man, you're going to win some ball games. Like, I don't care uh-huh. what you got I, everywhere yeah. else. You're going to win some ball games <laughs> for sure. I can yeah. get a first down running the ball if I got a good enough O-line in front of me. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, indeed. That's mm-hmm. right. I love O-line too, Courtney. We got that in common. So. <laughs> All right. And uh, my next question is, uh, what was the inspiration behind the gym? So what made you guys decide y'all wanted to open up this gym and this training facility? What was the inspiration behind it? Where did it come from? Well, you know, actually, uh, it was my mother-in-law's idea, actually. I think it was kind of like, so I've always wanted to like, like I said, with my major exercise science, I wanted to be like a strength and conditioning coach. And um, when, um, when we got, when we were getting ready to get married, um, Courtney and her mom and, um, and my father-in-law, they were working out and they found this gym that they were working out at. And it was called Sculpt Fitness at the time. 
And um, and they just really liked the gym. They got into it. Her mom really got into like working out and stuff like that. And then the guy who owned the gym was he was interested. He was saying, but like saying that you know he was thinking about selling the gym or whatever. And then she basically came to us and was like, "Hey, this is an opportunity." That's when we were thinking about relocating to California at the time. Um, she knew I had an interest in you know training full time stuff like that. So uh, she basically kind of came to us with the idea, and it was like, and she prayed on it, and it was kind of like just like a family move to to make that make that purchase like that. So that's how it came about. And we actually named it Venture Fitness because of the church in Hattiesburg Venture because it had such an impact on our on all of our lives. Wow, that's really cool. That's that awesome. Really cool. Yep. And it's really cool you named after church because it seems like it was just a God thing. It fell into your lap. Like it was that. absolutely. Or it just it came was. open at the right time. It was. Yep. It was. So, so now you guys, you've decided to open up your gym, or you know, you're trying. Do y'all want me to call it a gym or a training facility? Hey, I know you kind of either do either that. Not a gym. Yeah, so yeah, it's, it's a gym. So, okay, so you get the opportunity to open up your gym, right? And uh, what were some of the challenges? You know, Tyler asked earlier about the challenges in, in working out people. I want to know kind of the business side of this thing. So this might be more of a Courtney deal. What were some of the biggest challenges in getting this gym up and running and getting it going the way you wanted it to? Um, I would have to say some of the biggest challenges was just finding like our niche, how we wanted to operate mm-hmm. and what customer we wanted to go after, mm-hmm. you know, who our clientele was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, we're a little different because like I said, there's a lot more commercial gyms out here and we're more of like a personal training facility. So you're going to get a lot more one-on-one. Um, you're also going to get nutrition and things like that, whereas you wouldn't get at other places. So it was really trying to figure out how we were going to determine like what our vision was and who we were going to go after and how we were going to get those people in. And once we started figuring that out and figuring out exactly how we wanted the gym to operate and how we wanted to be more of a one-on-one aspect, more intimate, it just kind of took off from there. Yeah. And then another thing too was like basically like changing, changing the, um, changing the mindset inside the facility because like i said it was already mm-hmm. a gym before and we retained a few of the trainers that were already um there under the old ownership as well so with me coming in and like us changing the way we did things and like you know trying to get everybody on the same same page as far as like um you know how we wanted it because i'm a little bit more hardcore than some of the other guys and you know and we had to find like you know, a way to all, you know, coexist and all be able to, you know, work and feed our families and by doing the things we like without, you know, because I don't want my style to run off another person's clientele, you know what I mean? And I don't want that person's mm-hmm. style to run off my clientele, you know, so we had to, it was, it was really challenging finding, you know, that groove and working together and, you know, spacing and communication and stuff like that, just uh, with the day-to-day, like, you know, in-house training kind of stuff. And like Courtney said, like, finding your niche. Because everybody, like, it's such a wide variety. Fitness is such a wide variety from the CrossFit to the powerlifting to the bodybuilding to the general fitness to the cardio. Like, just finding that niche that kind of, you know, that sets us apart but still has enough to offer to where, like, we're, um, you know, marketable and, you know, bringing people in the door. Right. That's awesome. Now, what was the biggest success behind all this? Like, was there a moment where you realized, hey, we did it. We're doing what we've wanted to do this whole time. Was there a moment that it kind of clicked for you that you realized, hey, we, we're here? Uh, for me, I feel like it was 
it's been post COVID. Like I've t- I've told people from day one, like COVID, like literally changed everything. But COVID has literally been one of the best things that ever happened to to me personally. Just because, like, man, when COVID hit, like you had people had to like you know put those suspenders back on to get to work. You know what I mean? Like like things were comfortable mm-hmm. for a while. You know, we were floating along, things were comfortable. But then when COVID hit. And like open gym memberships went down and stuff like that. Then it was like, okay, we back working, we back working 12, 13 hour days, you know, getting to getting to getting it back moving. You know what I mean? So I feel like that it like made us hungry again. And then it was like after we sustained that that whole COVID situation, it's like, dude, it's nothing we can't do in this in this industry. You know what I mean? Like I feel like that was like the real like I don't feel like there would ever be a challenge as challenging as that. You know, I mean, because basically we were shut down for like supposedly shut down for like like almost almost a year you know what i mean like they couldn't like we weren't supposed to be like fully operating for like almost 12 months you know i mean what business you know can just stop operating for 12 months and you know and still be able to make it's devastating to a business absolutely Absolutely. it's a death sentence to a business it is. a lot of a lot of businesses did a lot of businesses crumbled with absolutely you know and i'm just thankful that we were able to, you know, put out, like I said, put our head down, you know, work. And I, and I, and I truly feel like a lot of that comes from like our athletic background, you know, cause like, you know, you, you pressure situations, like that's what you train for. That's what, that's what, that's what we're here for. You know, it's never going to be ideal circumstances. You know, you, you have to thrive under pressure the same way with sports, same way in business, you know, when it gets thick, like you have to get thick with it. Like, you know, you're just going to fold up and go home. Like, you know, you got to get in it. Right. You know, so. So I feel like that. I feel like that was the biggest thing for for me personally. Uh, Courtney might have a different opinion about you know when she thought the gym was you know um, it or whatever. But for me, it was like post COVID when it was like because we have it changed the way we did everything. Like everything changed. Like the way we did memberships changed. The way we did you know day to day you know cleanups and stuff like that changed. Everything changed. So you know for us to be able to adapt, move forward, and continue to grow after that. I mean that's I, I'm I'm just thankful for that. Right. Well, good deal. Uh, Chuck, Chuck's got some questions for you guys too. I'm gonna turn it over to him. <laughs> Take it away, Chuck. Yeah. So I got some Courtney specific questions, some Alex specific questions, and then I got some both. So we'll uh we'll kind of hit them. Um, Courtney, I'm gonna start with you. Uh, you earned your first W on your first collegiate appearance against Arkansas. If I remember right, that was a pretty young team. I think seven of you, seven or eight, were like freshmen, and y'all had substantial playing time. What do you remember from that start? (laughs) You know, when I – yeah, I don't remember that game, to be honest with you. Um, I actually had to look it up because I was sitting here thinking, did I really play Arkansas? (laughs) um so and then I I, when I looked that up and I also looked up my own bio to remember this I didn't even realize that I won my first four collegiate games no idea um yeah I don't remember that game I want to say we did have like seven freshmen my incoming class was a very very big class um Mm -hmm. and we did we did um kind of come in and take some spots and we had a lot of substantial playing time for sure we did um and I felt like a lot of us that got the opportunity definitely stepped up and did their jobs. Um, but I, yeah, I'm sitting here trying to remember that game and I cannot remember that game at all. But I, the one game I feel like I remember, and I want to say it was my freshman year was when I beat Mississippi state. I remember that game. Um, but I don't, I don't remember playing Arkansas at all. (laughs) 
<laughs> hey, who knows? Maybe they lied on your bio. You I know? guess Maybe, so, apparently. You know? <laughs> okay. Well, hey, you know, softball players are known to be just as competitive as baseball players, but you rarely see fights or skirmishes on the field. Why do you think softball players control their anger better? Or I guess their competitiveness better. You know, I, honestly, that this is an interesting question. Um, because I've never seen an actual fight on the softball field and all the right. games that I've played in, I never have. It's definitely more common in baseball. Even the games that I've watched, I've never seen fights. I can't tell you why that is. Um, I, I have no idea. I don't, you know, I would maybe say like, because of like professional sports and stuff like that, it obviously started somewhere. I don't know if it's like a cultural thing, like within the sport. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, it's not that it like hockey, they'll fight and they'll let them fight for however long they want to fight. Like, it's acceptable. I feel right. like in softball, that's not that it's not necessarily acceptable in baseball because it's not, but it right. happens. Like, it's just a part of the atmosphere sometimes. But I don't feel like that's the way that it is with softball. I don't know that we're necessarily just like better at controlling our competitiveness because, I mean, there's obviously some dirty things that come that can happen in the game. Right. And I think that's maybe what more of the way that softball players retaliate. Like you may get hit by a pitch. You may get a hard tag to the face, you know, mm -hmm. things like that rather than like, OK, hey, we're just going to sit here and have a fist fight. No doubt. No yeah, doubt. I don't know. I really don't know. I wouldn't say we're just better at controlling our competitiveness. Maybe we're just more sneaky. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I don't know if this is relevant, but I feel like it is. I've seen more fights in men's church league softball than I have in <laughs> college softball. <laughs> no doubt. Yes, I agree. I completely agree. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right, Courtney, what was your favorite pitch to throw? My favorite pitch to throw, yeah. oh, it definitely have to be my curveball. Okay. Um, that was one of my favorites. I threw that a now, lot. Now, kind of break that down for us. Does that look like a baseball curveball, or how do you how do you throw a curveball as a softball player? Okay, so I I am not a baseball watcher. Right. Sorry, I it's too That's slow okay. for me. Yeah. I I tried. It's just too slow. Um, so if you're a right-handed batter, it's going to start at you and break outside. Mm -hmm. That's what a curveball does. So if you're a lefty, it's going to start outside and break into you. Yeah. Okay. So that's, okay. yeah. I don't know if that's a baseball curveball. Cause don't y'all have a slider? There is a slider. Yeah. But isn't that more of like a drop? Like, it can go drop? The slider has more yeah, lateral right. movement on yeah. it than yeah. the curve like does in baseball. Southeast. Yeah. Lateral moment. So what's a curve do? Does a curve just drop then? Yeah, it's got more drop to it. Okay. Yeah, I would say that then a curveball is more of like a slider. And I would say yeah. that our drop ball would probably be like y'all's curveball, but we could throw it like in and out. Yeah. I've always been fascinated with the rising fastball. Like, explain <laughs> that to us. So that. That pitch actually became one of my strong suits when I was a senior. Um, I threw a lot of rise ball, curve ball, or rise ball, screw ball, which the rise ball. So when you want to start a rise ball, you want to start it coming in, looking at a sh like a strike and you want it to break up and in depending on which side, you know, a lefty or righty hitter. And you want it to come up and in on their hands. 
um, you want to jam them with it. And a screwball is a variation of a rise ball, except instead of tailing up, it's going to tail into a right-handed batter or away from a lefty. Um, but basically you get under the ball and you create a back spin and it just tends to travel up depending on how oh, fast you spin so it. Crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. It's, I would say it's definitely one of the harder pitches to learn because, you know, you have to fight gravity as well, but you have to have really, really good spin on that. Cause if that sucker's flat, it's definitely going and you can even have a good rise ball and it still get hit out the yard. It's just one of those pitches that ends mm-hmm. up because it's higher up in the plane if you don't hit a good spot it's going to go out no doubt no doubt well if skill wasn't an issue and you were not a pitcher what position would you want to play i would definitely be an outfielder and a slapper okay <laughs> yep i definitely uh, would have i was relatively fast um so that definitely would have worked to my advantage and i enjoyed the outfield probably because i spent a lot of time shagging balls during bp so <laughs> I just enjoyed being out there. Um, so I definitely say outfield. Did you ever lose a ball in the sun like uh, one of our former guests, Samantha Pat, did? No. It hit you in the head, bless your no, heart. No, no, poor, poor Samantha. You no, I never, I never had that happen. But I actually watched that happen to one of my teammates against UTEP. Oh, nice. Yeah. Can you name the teammate? Uh, who was it? I was hoping it was Brittany. But, no, uh, it wasn't Brittany because Brittany didn't play in the outfield. Brittany played, gosh, Brittany played mostly third. What she or, played third, she played second for a little bit, but she didn't play in the outfield. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. I thought she did a little bit. I don't, um, and now for maybe for, pe- for people that don't know what a slapper is, uh, kind of tell them what that is. So, a slapper, you are on the left hand side of the batter's box. And you are in motion as you are hitting the ball. So you're basically almost getting a running start as you're hitting the ball. So, and you're, depending on what kind of slapper you are, there's all different kinds of slappers. There's small ball slappers. There's power slappers. Mm-hmm. You know, it, there's even home run slappers too. Um, there's even ones that just specialize in bunting. They just lay it down and they run. But basically you're moving in motion so that you're heading down to first and it's going to be a bang, bang play no matter where you, where you put it. No matter what. Okay. Okay. Uh, I got two more Courtney questions. So get on deck, Alec. Um, Courtney, moving to the Sun Belt is definitely a step up for baseball. And I think it's going to be a step up for football. Who do you think is a tougher conference than softball? The Sun Belt or Conference USA? I would definitely say the Sun Belt. Um, I know Troy is always relatively good. They're pretty scrappy, too. Um, and you also have ULL in it. And they're always a great program. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, they're always in the. Uh, the national, you know, the postseason playoffs, um, always in a regional for sure. Um, right. so I would have to say the Sun Belt. Um, I think if it would have been the original conference USA when I was playing, I would say it would be a toss up because you had Houston and Tulsa and UCF. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely think that moving to the Sun Belt is going to be a tougher conference than it is what the current conference USA is right now. I agree completely. All right, my last question specifically for you is you've seen both, well, really all sides of the coin of Southern Miss softball. You know, you've been there for coaching changes. You've been a player. You were a grad assistant for the team. Do you think, you know, we just, I think they announced today officially they hired a new softball coach. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think Southern Miss will ever make it back to the early 2000s team and make it back to the College World Series? Or what do you think's missing? 
I think it's a possibility, you know, you can never count it out. But I think what is personally missing is you're going to have to find a coach who, you know, a whole staff who is going to be, you know, Southern Miss, just totally supportive of the program and not necessarily using it as like a stepping stool to continue on. You're going to have to have someone who's coming in and this is where they want to be. And they're going to just develop a program and create a program out of this. And it's definitely going to take time. But I think that's the key thing that's missing. You've had a lot of coaches come in and use it as an advancement to their careers, which is great. You know, that happens. But in order for it to return to, you know, the Women's College World Series or be more um, predominant in the postseason, you're definitely going to have to find someone who's going to build you a program and is going to be truly invested and is not looking to move within the next, you know, four to five years. They're going to be there for a good plus amount of time to change the environment, to bring in the kids that they want to bring in and and foster, you know, a true winning program. For sure. You know, I think that sounds like a good job for Courtney Michael. And I, I think, you know, a, a strength and conditioning coach you could bring with you. I think it all works out in the future. I'm just saying. It, it just might. You never know. It just might. Right. All right, Alex. Uh, I'm going to ask you a few questions. Then we'll go to uh, some questions for both of you. Um, Alex, what do you think are the characteristics of a good offensive lineman? Well, first, I feel like you have to be tough. I think you have to be tough and selfless. Um, if you're looking for praise and you're looking to be in the spotlight, offensive line isn't for you, you know. Offensive line is the one one group on the field that's a unit within the unit. You know, we always say it's 11, it's 11, it's 11, but it's a, it's a five-man team working up front at all times, right. you know, from the communication to the discipline to the, you know, the grit and grind of it, you know. Um, I feel like you have to be tough. Like, I feel like everything else can be taught. I feel like toughness is one of those things that can't be taught. Like, True. you have to go out there, like, whether we're practicing in shoulder pads, whether we're practicing just jerseys and helmets, whether it's a walkthrough. You know, you, you're having physical contact at every step of the way, you know. So you have to be – it's a certain level of physical physical and mental toughness that's, that's, that's required to play the position. I feel yeah. like that toughness is, is number one in my book. That's awesome. I, I was reading the other day, I can't remember where it was, but they were talking about offensive linemen being the forgotten heroes of a football team because on you know mm-hmm. Monday morning, you're reading all about the quarterback and his yards, wide receiver and his yards, how many touchdowns. But the quarterback is only as good as his offensive line. Right, absolutely. Would you agree? And you know, it's yeah, like, it, yeah. I, I definitely agree, but it's one of those things just like everybody else. Like Everybody within the building knows this. You know, that's why I say you have yeah. to be selfless. You know, the outside people mm-hmm. who don't know the entry, the ins and outs of the game, they might think it's just this person or just that person, but they know. You you don't think Tom Brady knows the importance of his line up front? Oh, you know, absolutely. They know. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they know. They they definitely know, and the team knows. So um, that's the that's the thing. Like it's a, it's a team game, man, and and like you have to have that selfless attitude to be a to be a good offensive lineman. I like it. Um, kind of same question I asked Courtney. If you weren't an offensive lineman, what position would you want to play? Like, if skill, what you know, you could uh, be yeah, good yeah. at it. For me, yeah. I would say like tight end or defensive end. Personally, uh, okay. I have no, I have no real interest in being a running back or quarterback or anything like that. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not my thing. I have no interest in somebody blindside hitting me. Like, I want to see what's coming. So, right. <laughs> right. yeah, right. I have no interest in that at all. So. Right. I think tight end or defensive end for sure. Okay. Uh, so you were voted uh, top offensive lineman three times your senior year. You started every game. You had some incredible stats your senior year. 
what do you think made your senior year such a standout year? Uh, you know, honestly, I would have to credit like the guys around the guys around me. You know, I, I feel like it all just came together. I feel like uh, the years prior, like whether it was you know whether it's me just you know, not putting everything together as far as being 100% focused and 100% into, you know, the program, this, this, and that. I know it's a lot of transition with, um, you know, with, with new coaches and this, this, and that and getting adjusted to new schemes and stuff like that. But I just felt like it was the last year, and I, I felt like I was just mentally ready to just put it all out on the line and just had the best year possible. And I think that's what it was. That's awesome, man. And you, you know, you're, at the beginning of your career, you did a lot of plays on special teams. Did mm-hmm. you like special teams or were you? Did, were no, you to it say? was okay. horrible. What's it? Special teams was horrible. I hated special teams. I hated every aspect of special teams. I hated special teams from high school to college. Yeah. I hate special teams. <laughs> I know it's necessary and it's yeah. one of those selfless acts. I understand that. But I know I did not like special teams at all. <laughs> hey, we, we talked to Lampley two weeks ago, and he loves special teams. You know, hey, once again, Lampley yeah. is a return guy. Of course, yeah. he loves special teams. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt, of course, yes. No I was doubt. the guy. I was the guy that the wedge was coming to. So no, no yeah, I didn't like yeah. special teams. You were the guy trying to protect him. Yeah, no <laughs> yes, doubt for sure. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, these next questions are for both of you, and um, whoever wants to go first, just jump right in. Uh, what? Uh, what is one team you hated to play or you made sure you wanted to beat? It was UAB for me. I hated them. I don't know yeah. what it was. I don't yeah. know if it's because I didn't like I didn't like green or whatever. And they were so arrogant. They were terrible. Like they were so terrible, and they were just like had this attitude. Like they thought they were so good. It was just like I hated them. They were like I the really LSU did. of Conference USA. Yeah, dude. It was just like, yeah. really? Like, who, who told you guys you were good? Like, y'all's logos are ugly. Your uniforms are ugly. Like, everything about y'all. I mean, yeah, I didn't like them at all. I no, did. I, I did. I their stadium that. was horrible. Like, yeah. their stadium was horrible. Their locker room was horrible. Like, everything was horrible. For what it's <laughs> worth, I hate them, too. And I think Chuck does, too. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. And, you know, like, even the other schools, like, you know, Memphis, you know, it was a rivalry there, but it wasn't mm-hmm. the same. Like, I mean, it was a rivalry, like, on the field, but after that, it was like, okay, whatever. You know, it's kind of mutual respect. Right. But UAB, it was like, they were just trashy. Like, they were just like, yeah, it was just, I, yeah, I, I just wasn't a fan. I wasn't a fan of those guys. All the years I was there, I was never a fan of those guys. That year we put dropped 70-something on them, I was so happy. No doubt. Yeah. They got us back a couple of times. Yes, I think yes, we cursed yes, ourselves by hanging 70 on them, to be honest. We yeah. did. <laughs> we definitely did. We definitely did. All right, Court, what about you? Um, I'd have to say Houston. Um, okay. First of all, I didn't like Houston. I, just, I didn't like going there. And um, I think that was kind of a – kind of a rivalry that was kind of passed down when we got there. So I'd have to say Houston. And those Houston girls on your team were a mess too. Leslie Lejeune and McKenzie yep. Share and all that. Yep, and you had um why am I drawing Taylor. Oh yeah, Taylor. I forgot mm-hmm. she was from Houston. Yeah. She I don't I don't know if she was from Houston, but she was from Texas. They were all from Somewhere Texas. Somewhere in there. I think right yeah. outside of Houston. And you had yeah. Shiflet too. Shiflet was from Texas. Yeah, I, I forgot all about Shiflet. Uh huh. Wow. Memories. We'll have to get all y'all together when softball <laughs> season starts and get y'all on, just let you tell stories. Oh good night. <laughs> so as as you're, you're a married couple, obviously, so you, you spend a lot of time at home together. 
and, and I imagine that you work a lot together. So what's it like working together as owners of a gym and being married? Do y'all ever get tired of each other? Or... Well, um, I mean, you know, you know <laughs> true. Don't be too quick to I answer that, Alex. Alex, is, Alex, you probably should <laughs> let Courtney answer this first. <laughs> yeah, I thought about I thought about I started speaking, and I was like, oh, yeah, let me show you. Hold on. No, no, no. Um, well, Alex's favorite saying is, if you're tired of me, go take a nap because I ain't going nowhere. So I like I'm that. just going to go take me a nap. putting that on a shirt. <laughs> no, honestly, um, we we each have our own things. So, you know, we're not with each other all the time. And then with the right. kids, too, we're kind of split both ways because we got Avery at football and I've got Carter and Riley at volleyball. So we're kind of split both ways right now. Um, so but even when there's not stuff going on, we have our own individual things, but at the same time, like we were just talking about this probably like a week ago, he's still the only person I kind of want to be around and don't mind being around all the time, whether we talk all the time or we just sit there and don't say anything. It's just, sometimes that's the best. Yeah, Yeah. no, for sure it is. is. (laughs) And you know, for me, the thing is, it's like we can be together all the time, but we're doing completely different things. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like she's with she's with me when I'm in my training sessions working out. You know, whether it's like helping me, you know, spot me this, this, and that, or whatever this, this, and that. Right. And then like if I'm doing cardio, she might be out there, but she might be reading a book, or she might be watching her show, or we might be at home, mm-hmm. and I might be cooking, and she's doing this. So it's like we're together, but we're still doing like our individual things, if that makes sense. But we just like each other's company, so it's like you can still be there, even though we don't have to be like we don't have to be like on top of each other, like enjoying twins or nothing. You know what I mean? So. But right. we still like, you know, right. together, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, doing different things together. I like it. Right, right. Yeah. Um, all right, this is kind of a funny question. And, uh, uh, who, who do you th- who's stronger? <laughs> Me? Pound well, for pound. <laughs> hey, that's pound all I was just going to say. Pound, pound for pound, I would probably say Courtney. I think she works harder than I do as yeah. far as in the track. I think so. She, she, would, she would say absolutely not, but. I mean, Absolutely my respect, not. my my respect, my respect for her in the gym is I, I I admire her more so in the gym definitely than I admire myself for sure. No doubt, man, that's awesome. Good answer. You just earned <laughs> some brownie points, I think. She's like grinning. I can see it. Yeah, but she know that. I tell her, I tell her that all the time. She don't yeah. believe. I, I literally tell her this all the time. He does. You know? I don't believe him, but he does. Hey, well, there you go. Well, he, your man wouldn't lie to you. No, he nah, wouldn't. I wouldn't lie about somebody. But, but, I definitely would. But yeah. I watch him, so as much yeah. admiration he has for me, we're kind of like a push and pull it's with each mutual. other. Yeah. It's mutual. Okay. Well, I know you mentioned um, your kids, and do y'all still watch your respective sports? Like, or do, are y'all kind of burned out on football, softball? And do you want your kids to play softball and football, or y'all kind of would love for them to stick to volleyball or something else? We yeah. have completely different answers for this. <laughs> I love football. Yeah. Like, I love, when I tell you I yeah. love football, like, I can't stand it. Like, it's for me, like, check this out, funny story. So, Avery just started his last year of Pop Warner this year, uh, and yeah. I couldn't even sit outside at practice because I, it's hard for me to just sit back and not, like, go in and coach and be involved in it. So, just last right. week, I went and sat out there one day, so now I'm end up coaching. So, I'm coaching two teams. That's <laughs> right. You know, walk into a coaching gig. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can't help myself. You know, I, I love football. Like, I'm crazy about it. Um, And I love softball, too. That's the thing that's crazy. Yeah. Like, I just, I just love all sports, and I don't care what the kids play. Like, I don't feel like they have to play football because I played or have to play. So, I, don't, I can care less. But 
you know, I tell them if you're gonna be out there, just play hard. You know, have fun. You know, I, I enjoy. Yeah. I'm more. I'm more excited to watch them play than I ever was to watch myself. Right. Or to play myself. You know, I get so excited watching the kids play sports. It's crazy. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, I, I don't, I don't mind what sport they play. Just like Alex says, you know, I just I love for them to be involved in a sport. I think you mm-hmm. just learn so much from it. Um, and there's just so much you get out of it, but there's, I, I like watching my kids compete. Um, Alex and I are pretty competitive and I just like watching them compete and finding out, you know, new things about themselves and how they can push themselves. Um, I'm not disappointed that Riley's not playing softball. I love to watch softball. Um, right. <laughs> I like to watch it from my home on TV where, <laughs> you know, it's nice and cool. Cool. Um, right. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not disappointed that she's not playing softball at all. She found volleyball. Um, she's done swim. She's kind of hopped, you know, here and around there with different things. And I'm perfectly okay with that as long as she finds something that she truly enjoys and is passionate about. And the same thing for Avery and Carter. I'd love for them to continue to play football because I love football. I love watching football. I do get a little burnt out because there's more opportunities to watch football because in our household, we watch it Monday. We watch it Thursday. We watch it Saturday. We watch it Sunday. So, you know, we watch it. So I do get a little burnt out just because there's more opportunities to watch it. But I enjoy watching it when we do. And I enjoy watching Avery play. Um, So I'm just glad that they've found, you know, something that they're passionate about that they truly enjoy. Do y'all do fantasy football? No. I did I did fantasy one year and I felt like it so the reason I, I enjoyed it, but the yeah. reason I won't continue to do it is because I feel like it changed the way I watch the game. You it does I mean? change the way, yeah. yeah. It changed it and I don't like that. Like I like rooting for my you team, as a fan. And that, yeah, it does. Absolutely. So now I'm rooting for people who going against my team. Oh man. Right, if it's right, not the right. Cowboys, I can't do yeah. it. You know I got Thank are you, you a know? Cowboy fan, Alex? I yes I am. Thank you, Alex. Yes, Thank our you. Whole house, yes, our whole house is a Cowboys fan, except for Avery. Praise the, the Lord. Seahawks. Avery likes the Seahawks. Avery yeah, likes everybody the Seahawks. Else, we all Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah. Finally, man, I got so much <laughs> flack last week because they were talking uh-huh. about being Ravens fans, and I'm like, well, who likes the Ravens? He had two Ravens. Fans. He had me and me and our guests last week. We were both like, Ravens. Go Cowboys! Fans, so we have little go Ravens Cowboys! Moments. Oh yeah, man! I, I've been a Cowboys fan since a little boy, man. I love me Cowboys. too, man. I always have. I love Cowboys. <laughs> I'm very. I'll tell you, my little four year old. So my wife, my wife is a Saints fan. Mm-hmm. And she really dislikes the Cowboys. She has. She's had a bunch of friends who were Cowboys fans, and she just. I think through smack talk, she just didn't like them. Well, one of my buddies, right. you might remember, Chris Bowman, he was a manager at Southern with me. He oh, met yeah. Mason yeah, yeah, yeah. at like that yeah, sure. little reunion thing we had. And he, he met Mason, my mm-hmm. little boy at that. And uh, he talked to Mason about mm-hmm. how he was a Cowboys fan. And now my little four-year-old, mm-hmm. if you ask him who's your favorite football team, he will there say the go. Cowboys every <laughs> single time. I'm loving 100%. it. Nice. Nice. Now you ask him what color they are. Like I'll ask, what color are they? They're red. <laughs> you know, like he don't. Yeah, he's never yeah, actually yeah, yeah. watched them play, but he loves the idea of the Cowboys. Yeah, I think he funny. envisions a bunch of. I'll, I'll, I'll get him. I'll, yeah, I'll get him. Nice. That's funny. Bunch of that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, you know, I, I want to say that obviously, you know, Courtney, your family means the world to me. Your mom and stepdad, obviously, your sister Danny. Um, Alex, I think I met you when you started. When you first started dating Courtney, you started coming to yeah, Grace with her adventure. Yeah, yeah, 
Um, both of y'all mean the world to me, and I'm so excited for y'all. Sounds like y'all are living living your dreams. So I kind of want to give y'all this time, you know, kind of share some words of wisdom. What's a successful marriage like? Um, your faith, what that means to you. Just anything you want to say to, to the listeners right now. Man, you know, for me, like, I always, I always have very strong faith, man. I always believe that, you know, God's in control, man. I feel like if you stay, you stay in your prayers, man, and you stay working hard, like, good things are happening. You know, it's, you always going to run through some rough patches, you know, whether it's in personal relationships, whether it's business-wise, no matter what it is. But I feel like if you always have good intentions in your heart and always try to put God first, it, it always work out like it's supposed to. So that's, that's kind of how I, I live my life. I love it. I, I definitely agree with Alex. Um, you know, definitely keep your faith first. Always continue to pray because um, God's going to be the only one there for you at time, when it is difficult. And even when it's great, sometimes he's the only one that's there for you, you know. And he's he definitely always has your back for sure. And I've learned that, you know, just growing up and going through a lot of different things within the past couple of years. Um, but I would just say, you know, just generally like, take the time to spend time with God and find out who you really are and continue to just be that person and, you know, just grow in that person and be successful in who that person is. Um, Cause at the end of the day, how God sees you is the most important thing above anything else. And it really truly can open a lot of doors for you when you see yourself the way God sees you. I love it. Good word y'all. Lane, do you have any uh, follow-up questions? Oh man, I'm. I just enjoyed the night. This was fun. I it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed getting to unpack some good stuff with these guys, man. This was this was a good night. So, one more question, and this is a this is a one hundred percent me question. Y'all ever think about moving back to Mississippi, or is California permanent? Oh, uh, uh, I, I'm well, de- I'm definitely open to relocate. I don't know. Okay. Like, yeah, I'm definitely because. <laughs> You know, I, I no, I I definitely enjoy California, but like I'm kind of like, uh, you know, I tell Courtney this all the time. I've never been the person to see myself just in one place for like the next forty, fifty years. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. I always want to see different things, go different places. You know, and and Hattiesburg is always going to be like home to me, like for sure. Mm-hmm. Like I had some of my best years in Hattiesburg. I love Hattiesburg. I love everything about it. You know, um, so I definitely that door definitely is a close for me in terms of like relocating back for sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I wouldn't mind relocating. I don't know if I'd want to go to Mississippi. I enjoyed Mississippi. Okay. I think I just want yeah. to go somewhere different. Right. We'll we'll let you go to Louisiana or Alabama. I mean, you know, just make it close. Yeah. I would not. I would not. I not being no Alabama. No, I'm closing the door on that. I closing the door on Alabama. Louisiana well, and Alabama not. were not what I gathered from that not, answer, Chuck. No, yeah. Not at all. Not at all. Well, I tell you what, if y'all do, <laughs> if y'all do come to Mississippi, or even if it's just a visit, come watch a game. We'll take y'all out to eat at Letha's, our treat. Um, as thanks for coming on the show. Oh, of course. Uh, yes, we'd sir. love to Thank see you. y'all. Absolutely. And uh, I guess I'm a, I guess I'm gonna have to come to another Giants game so I'll see Courtney. That's the last time I seen her when we were in San yeah. Francisco. Yeah. Her and Danny rode the train down. So Yes. Alex, did. you didn't come with them, man. I don't know what was up with that. I guess you were working. Somebody had to work, huh? Yeah, somebody gotta do something around here. Right. right. <laughs> I did something. I went to the Giants game and ate garlic fries, and it was great. And unfortunately, the Cubs lost. They did. That was a really of, uh, good game, too. It was. Madison Bumgarner sh- scored yep. the only run. Yeah, or scored yep. the only RBI. It was, it was crazy. It was a pitcher's duel. That's why I enjoyed it. 
It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It was. Well, again, thank you all so much for coming on. I hope to see you all soon. Definitely keep in touch. Hey, um, yeah, thank you for having us. Yes, absolutely. thank you for we having us. It. And when we uh, get back to Hattiesburg, we'll definitely visit y'all. Please. All right, guys. Yeah, thank you all so much. It was. Uh, all right, listeners, y'all share some love with uh, Alex and Courtney. Go check out their uh, their bodybuilding pictures because there's some stout folks out there. Um, and until <laughs> next time, as always, Southern Miss to the top. To the top. To the top. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Everyday Eagles podcast. For Southern Miss fans, by Southern Miss fans. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit EverydayEaglesPodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Everyday Eagles Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on the Everyday Eagles Podcast. Touchdown!